like you ever felt. Are you listening? Damn. Hello there, good people. Welcome into the Ranties of a Fantasy Football Fanatic. I'm your host, Jesse Muller, a.k.a. JMuller05. And this week, we're going to talk about it. You guessed it. We talked about it for weeks. I said I was going to do it, so we're finally going to do it. We're going to talk about the big three wide receivers from last year. We're going to talk about Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Drake London. We're not also going to talk about that. We're going to dive into wide receivers in general and kind of figure out to get these small pockets of value in trades and how you can help build your team while not losing any points. So what do you say? Shall we dive into that? Now, before we talk about which platform we're going to use, we're just going to say we're going to use Keep Trade Cut. It's the easiest, it's free, and it's up to the minute data, opposed to other places where get the subscriptions to see the rankings or like this one's easy everybody can log on they can see it themselves so they know exactly what i'm talking about so if we go to keep trade cut what we're looking at here are the big three they are wide receiver five wide receiver eight and wide receiver 12 in dynasty the difference is garrett wilson is in a tier above Chris Olave and Drake London, and I don't understand it at all. It makes zero sense. So I wanted to break down the metrics behind each player to show you why it literally doesn't make any sense to me. Why this is, is I feel that Garrett Wilson gets this boost for playing in New York that the other two simply don't. Chris Olave plays in New Orleans. It's not a primetime team. People don't watch him much. And Drake London plays for the historically bad passing offense in Atlanta. We're talking 1970s pass rate where the team just was bottom of the barrel passing rate. So, as you can see, his numbers are a little depressed, but the metrics are incredible with Drake London. So that's why these three should all be grouped together. And if you look across the board, it's kind of consistently seeing Garrett Wilson at the top, Chris Olave somewhere right next to him or a little bit below, and then Drake London, he's a little ways down. It just doesn't make sense. So let's jump in and talk about target share. The target share is very important because targets translate to points, right? So... The higher target share, the better. Garrett Wilson was at 24.9%. Chris Olave was at 26.7%. Drake London was at 29.5%. This is what I'm talking about. Drake London was at 29%. He was doing his best CD Lamb impression as a rookie. This is absurd. So let's go to the next metric. And this is targets per route run. And this is exactly what it sounds. For every route's run, they're trying to figure out how many targets you get. So Garrett Wilson, 0.216. Chris Olave. 0.251, Drake London, 0.272. Once again, Drake London wins this. So you're starting to think, well, that's interesting. Drake London's metrics are absurd. They are absurd. He is incredible, and he's devalued because of the situation. This is a dynasty show, folks. Stop doing that. That's a very bad idea. Let's go to the next metric that a lot of people have talked about, yards per route run. Once again, Garrett Wilson is in last. 1.85, Chris Olave, 2.40, Drake London, 2.07. 2.0 is the basically the metric you want to clear each year. Want to know how they clear it? Wilson does not. Now let's move on to another metric that people love to talk about, and that's PFF and the receiving grades of the three. And this one actually favors Garrett Wilson. He's at 85.9. Chris Olave is at 82.9. Drake London's at 85. Now for PFF receiving grade, 80 is the mark you want to see a rookie wide receiver hit. If they hit 80 or above, they were very good in a season. There's a little bit more data in this we can talk about when we can get into it at another date, but 
80 is the line you want to see any rookie. You have Justin Jefferson who's pushing close to 90. Jamar Chase, those guys were hitting over those numbers. But 85 is really, really good for a rookie wide receiver. Rookie wide receivers don't hit that number. So then all three of them clear that very easily just to show you how good they were last year. So of everything you've heard so far, Drake London sounds fantastic, right? Then why is he being devalued? I will tell you because this is the most important stat. This is points and points per game. Drake London was at 10.5. Chris Olave was at 13.2. Garrett Wilson was at 12.7. Now you're noticing a kind of common theme here, right? All these guys are putting up very good numbers and Garrett Wilson is not dominating any of these categories. Even in the, the one where he's clearly above in the PFF metric, and that's just receiving grade, he's still right there with Drake London. So the odd part to me is Chris Olave has his quarterback. He has Derek Carr. Garrett Wilson still does not have Aaron Rodgers, and yet he is priced as if Aaron Rodgers is in town. And even with, we don't know how that's going to work out. He is in the same tier with AJ Brown and CD Lamb. What are we doing here, folks? That's absurd. Why is he priced so high up? I get it. People love Garrett Wilson. He won Rookie of the Year. He's fantastic, but we got to pump the brakes a little bit on this Garrett Wilson hype train. Like, this is, he's basically priced almost at his ceiling because you're not going to hit Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and he's creeping on CD Lamb and AJ Brown. And those are two of the best wide receivers in the game. So, what are we doing here? He's past Jalen Waddle. He's past Amon Ross and Brown. I don't like he should be down below where Chris Olave and the other guys are. Drake London. It's just it doesn't make any sense. The one thing that isn't Garrett Wilson's favor, expected fantasy points. It control controls for every down distance situation on the field. Um, it is pretty complicated to figure out this formula. But basically how each player is used on each snap that they catch the ball or they receive a target, they are given expected points. And in fantasy, that gives us help because that gives us a baseline. Now, good wide receivers, they surpass their expected points on a yearly basis. For instance, Tyreek Hill has done it realistically every year of career. And you see these guys who are top-tier players, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, they all consistently clear it year in and year out. And that is another good indicator for fantasy that they tell us that these guys are elite players in the position. Garrett Wilson Smash, he was at 15 expected fantasy points per game. That's incredible. That's that's above the net. We're gonna talk about um, some older guys a little bit later. That's like high quality stuff. That's elite, the way he was used. The Jets loved him. What sucked was his quarterbacks. They were horrific and they were terrible. But he powered through and he's by far the most valued guy on this group. But what I'm more getting at is if you have Garrett Wilson, you should be shopping him on your team. Because his price just doesn't make any sense. I don't don't get it. I it's something that's perplexed me all offseason. When I've seen Garrett Wilson going in round two of startups, where Chris Olave's going around three, Drake Lennon's going in round four. Would you rather play Round two for Garrett Wilson or round four for Drake Lave. Uh, round four all day, right? Because the price is just so much cheaper. But honestly, Garrett Wilson's price does not bother me. It's the, just the fact he's so overvalued over the two other elite rookies from last year's class. And you may be saying, well, what about like Traylon Burks, Christian Watson? Those guys had good metrics. They were very good. But these were the three elite prospects that came out and produced 
high-end numbers where you're pretty confident that these guys are going to be good wide receivers. The other guys, it's still more of a dart throw. And I know people love Traylon Burks. He was my wide receiver one coming out, but I hate to say it, I had him knock him down. He can't. <laughs> he didn't put up near the same numbers as these guys. Like, this is elite stuff from rookies. Like, the guys just don't do that. So what do we do with this information, right? Well, it should be actionable information. You should take Garrett Wilson, go see what you can get on top of Chris Olave. Or if you want to go down a little bit further, Drake London, go see if you can do a one-two swap. You give a second, they give you Drake London in the first, that's a smash all day. Olave, just see if we'll do a two-three swap. Like, realistically, I have Olave above Wilson in my ranks, so I'll take Olave over Wilson. But realistically, I'll just take who's ever cheaper. It doesn't matter. It's just, I just don't understand Dynasty's obsession with Garrett Wilson because like, he's very good. No one's arguing that, but just, it's all price dependent. And this is what it always comes down to. It's not, we don't hate players, we hate ADPs. And the ADP for Garrett Wilson just doesn't make any sense to me. And this translates to his value. Dynasty websites like this, like Trey Cut, his value is up. It's like shot up to the moon. It just doesn't make any sense. Now this brings me to my next point, which is focusing on, on these quote unquote, what I call wide receiver twos in Dynasty. And these are your guys that are pretty interchangeable. And once you move past the truly elite assets, this includes the, the old productive vets or the young studs. Once you get outside of that tier we're talking, and there's maybe like 10 or so of these guys, you start getting into the T. Higgins, you start getting into the DK Metcalfs, you get the Devonta Smiths, you get the, where are we at? James, James Williams, don't ask what's going on with that. DJ Moore, Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, Michael Pittman, Traylon Burks, Brandon Ayuk. You keep going down and down and down, right? And you'll find Chris Godwin, Hollywood Brown, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. Now I just listed off but felt like 20 names. But I went from wide receiver 9, T. Higgins, all the way to wide receiver 34 with Calvin Ridley. Now, are some of them going to outscore others by a few points? Yes. Can you tell me which ones that are going to do that? Not 100%. No, I can't. So what you need to do is find ways to extract value of the differences. What made me think of this was Nick Script. Did a deal, Mr. P2W Fantasy, the company I work for. He sent T. Higgins, he got back Jerry Judy in early second in one QB Dynasty League. Is T. Higgins going to outscore Jerry Judy? Possibly. Is it guaranteed? Absolutely not. If you look at the metrics from last year, Judy was better than Higgins across the board. He had a better expected fantasy points per game. He outscored him in PPR points per game. He had a better yards per route run. He had a better targets per route run. He had a better target share. Like, I don't... I just don't get it. Jerry Judy was also better yards per route run against man and yards per route run against zone. He was better in both scenarios. Like, he was the better wide receiver last year. So why is one at wide receiver 9? And why is the other one wide receiver like 23 or whatever he is? That just doesn't make sense to me. That shows me as smart as we are in Dynasty, we still have a ways to go. And it's pretty easy once you get those top 12, maybe top 10 wide receivers. A lot of those guys are going to be similar. Like, they'll be a, like a, a lot of it might be wide receiver 6 for one guy, it might be wide receiver 8 for another, right? But you're not going to see him be wide receiver 20 for another guy. 
that's what I mean. Once we get outside the top tier, we start getting into these wide receiver twos. The values, they tend to fluctuate, particularly in individual leagues. So this is where you have to take advantage. You have to know your league and be like, maybe somebody's hyped on Judy. They want him over Higgins. Then do the exact opposite deal. Flip them, right? If you're noticing and you see these guys put up similar metrics and they're both in decent offenses, obviously Higgins' offense is better than Judy's, but we're expecting Judy's offense to get better with the whole situational change to get Sean Payton coming into town. Can't be worse than it was last year, right? So... How likely is it that one outscores the other? I don't think it's entirely that likely. Maybe it's a 60 to 40% chance. And if it's a 60 to 40%, are you really willing to risk that bet? Or are you willing to bank a pick in that situation and get similar production and then get a pick on top? And you stockpile enough of these picks, all of a sudden you realize you're like, ooh, my team doesn't really look any worse. And I have a ton of picks. And then you can use those picks to actually go upgrade into tiers of players that are guaranteed to be better assets. Like you get enough, then you make a big offer for a CD lamb, right? Or you, you shift to another position. You look at the difference making tight end, Mark Andrews. There's ways to make it work. But these small deals like that, like the T. Higgins, Jerry Judy deal, you do enough of those. Start to building and building and building. And this is how you... That's a phrase that Chalk came up with. He's called it stocking the iron bank, right? Because what you're doing is you're just replenishing all the capital in there. So you're never going to run out. You're going to have a surplus. And then people are going to come to you for deals because they have to. And then you're able to dictate terms and go from there. And this is how you create these true dynasties where you're able to build these contenders for six, eight years. Because I know a lot of people play it where it's two year, two to three year windows, right? And then you rebuild. If you stock enough draft capital, you don't have to rebuild. You retool, you move ahead the next year. So you kind of need to shift how we view Dynasty in a little bit away. We are, we are slowly getting there. We're not fully there yet. But people need to look at it in that way instead of being like, oh, I love Jerry Judy or I love C.D. Lamb. Take the players out of it. Realistically, like the names are great for values and draft capital, stuff like that. But realistically, it's a game of assets, and you're trying to stock up better assets and get the elite difference makers, or you're trying to get a ton of picks where you're able to dictate terms in a league. So, these are how you continually build the winner. Before you know it, you're looking at your team, you're like, wow, my team, I have six picks the next six first round picks the next two years. I have five second round picks, which means you have a ton of capital to move however you see fit, right? And then if you're in contention, you go send a late one towards the end of the year toward a team that's rebuilding, and you get one of their different making assets, like a Cooper Cup, right? You do that and you make the push. This is how you do it. And you just recycle this mindset over and over and over. That's how you build winners. So before we, we get out of here, I wanted to bring up the P2W Patreon. It's only the cup of coffee per month. It's got great information for anybody who's looking for in-season content or the Dynasty content spring. For in-season, we're talking about sit-start charts, we're talking about trade chat, we're talking about waiver wire content, we're talking about streams of the week, DFS, all sorts of stuff like that. In Dynasty, which is going now, we're talking about trading chart, we're talking strategy, player profilers, 
data and I have access to the P2W data, it is immense. There's so much data. You wouldn't believe the amount of data that's in there. We have the rookie profiles, the podcast drops, all that stuff. So what you gotta do is you go to Patreon, type in P2W Fantasy, type in the code MOLAR, and what I will do for you is I will have you pick the dynasty team of your choice and I will review that dynasty team and give you recommendations on that team. So I will review it, look over the team, see how they fare, see where you're, see if you're older team, a younger team, do you have a lot of draft capital, what's your situation in the league? I'll give you a write up, send it back to you, and then keep in touch and talk talk to you about your dynasty team. All that for $5 a month. So anyways, go check it out. It's a great deal. I happily recommend it. I'm taking advantage of it myself. Hopefully you can too. I wanted to thank you for stopping in. The Ranting is a Fantasy Football Fanatic. I'm your host, Jesse Muller, a.k.a. Muller 5 You can find me on all the platforms, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, even Snapchat. I'm on all of them. Come swing by. See my content. Take care, folks. Have a good one. Are you listening? Damn.